Good evening, Guardians, and welcome back to Tower Casuals, the Destiny podcast. I'm your host, Josh, as always, and joining our fire team. We called him the Dollar Tree Titan last time. Our other Titans took a little bit of offense to that. They were offended for him. The one, the only, Mr. Yeetus Deletus himself. A1 Johnny. Thanks for having me back. John, how's it going, man? We're recording this late tonight. A little late. A little late. A little late, but no one better to talk late night Destiny with. Destiny After Dark, you might call it. That's the title of today's episode, Destiny After Dark. Uh, We we have a really packed show today, which we did not plan for. Um, (laughs) At the start of the week, I did not think this was going to happen. And it has slowly gotten worse and worse. (laughs) In a good way. Yeah, especially, uh, uh, you know, the TWAB after a raid launch is usually just a clap on the back. Hey, look at the raid launch, you know. <laughs> right. It, 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 it is that, you know, we address worlds first and if they address uh, some of the cheeses people have been finding Creatheon already. But there's a whole lot of stasis nerfs coming. A whole lot of stasis. Praise PvP. me. Praise yeah, me the draft. God, dude, I, I, I've never seen changes in this game be so universally praised by the entire community so not quickly. since bottom tree striker dominated everything pre-shadow keep i think uh yeah that was pretty bad too uh, i was in an lfg today and we were holding a funeral for uh star eater strides <laughs> our second our second funeral in uh in two weeks yeah, I don't I like th- that this is becoming I, I, I a recurring thing. Uh, uh, I have thoughts on those changes. We, If we have time, we're going to get to those tonight. Yeah. Um, but to start things off, just to give you guys an idea of where the roadmap's going tonight, we're going to talk our favorite drops out of Vault. We're going to talk Expunge. We're going to talk the Chwab. And, of course, most of our time is going to be spent on Vault with a very quick lore corner at the end for some of the stuff going on this season. We want to really keep up with that lore book because if you're not reading – Beneath the Endless Night, you are missing out on some of the best storytelling Destiny has done for its NPCs, maybe ever. Uh, it's really fleshing out some characters we don't normally get lore about, uh, especially this week. Uh, we get the return of factions. So let's dive right onto it. John, you and I were on the same team for the raid race on Saturday. Day one. We made a valiant effort. Uh, for those of you who don't know, it was myself, John, Colonel Panic. Nerd Generalist, and then our friends, uh, Mr. Hot Cheeks and Soundless Logo. Uh, man, it's it's a lot harder than it was. Yeah. It's yeah. an awful lot harder. We we did not emerge victorious during contest mode. However, we came right back on Monday night and literally turned Atheon into a gigantic metal punching bag. Oh, we cheese graded him. Uh, oh, cheese graded Team Velveeta, baby. Uh, <laughs> John, we got some good loot out of those runs, though. We, we've since completed it another time. We did it again last night yep. uh, on Wednesday. I've run it another time uh, in addition, and I've helped some other Guardians get through that Templar encounter if they were having problems, just kind of hanging out there with the checkpoint, uh, with that, with Gatekeepers and with Atheon. Um, let, let's talk about some of these weapons, though. So between you and I, we've gotten, I think, every weapon. I think so. I finally got Vision of Confluence. I ran it one more time with a with a PC group last night, mm-hmm. um, and I finally got Vision of Confluence. I haven't had time to test it out yet. The uh, only two I don't have right now, I do not have Praetith's Revenge, and I do not have, um, oh god, I'm blanking on the name of it, but uh, the shotgun. I do not have the shotgun. Mm, uh, let me see here. I think I have it right here on my Guardian. Isn't it? No, not Vision. What no, is vi- it? Vision Found Verdict. Scout. Found Verdict. Okay. I almost said Retold Tale, and I knew that wasn't right. Um, but out, out of these weapons, John, I know which one you're loving. So why don't you go ahead 
as somebody who never experienced Fatebringer in year one, in Destiny one, please tell me about how much you love Fatebringer right now. So I had... and tell us all your role on it. Okay, so I had almost a hundred spoils when uh, when we went in because I'd been I'd had some saved up from mm-hmm. Deepstone Crypt. I have all the rolls I want out of that raid. Same here. So I dropped all of my spoils on on Fatebringer rolls once I finally got the drop, and I finally landed on a Thresh Firefly uh, roll for PvP. Thresh Firefly. Yeah, and I love this thing it's just this has been my opinion of dragonfly as well forever i don't know if it's good but it's fucking fun and i love it every time you you land that crit shot and they explode and they you know deal damage to everything around them it just feels so good with the added benefit on firefly of getting that getting that faster reload i just love this weapon it's actually what i used on my pc run of uh of vault last night and it was Mm -hmm. doing a lot of work um, of course, Vex make you work for those precision kills. They like to crouch. <laughs> so it's funny because I feel... I, so I hear everybody say that all the time, and I understand the criticism. But yeah. at the same time, I'm like one of a handful of people, I guess, who does not have a gigantic problem with hitting crits on Vex, ironically. Yeah. Those goblins and those those uh, harpies, man, they just die. I uh, guess it's just compared to other races like Hive or, or Fallen. Right. You can easily just go drag head to drag head to drag head and get those multiple explosions all right in a row, you know. Um, but yeah, no, this this hand cannon feels great. I've got a couple other rolls. I'm I'm curious to try it out in the Crucible. I've got mm-hmm. an explosive rounds frenzy roll. Um, that that that's pretty fun. But for uh for Crucible, I've got the rewind rounds opening shot, and I said that mm-hmm. first try without making that uh rewind rounds. Oh, there we go. It's... So I, I got a Fatebringer too, and I, I haven't gotten a, tan- a chance to try it out yet. I'm not, for everybody who listens, you know that I'm not a big hand cannon guy. Um, but I got opening shot and explosive payload mm. um, with a range masterwork. I'm pretty excited to try this out. Um, you know, I got accurized rounds. Uh, I've got a small bore on it. I'm, I'm excited to see how this works because I'm slowly starting to get used to hand cannons. Um, I still don't like them. If I'm going to use a hand cannon, it's probably going to be crimson because it's basically a pulse. Yeah, that's that's cheating. That's not a hand cannon. You know what? <laughs> Fuck you. It works. <laughs> Speaking of cheating, though, John, you know what is cheating? Because it labels itself as a fusion. And this thing is just uh-huh. a it's a goddamn pulse rifle and a linear fusion. All in Here one. we go. Here we go. First try. First try. Vex Mythoclass, baby. First try. I have uh, used up all of my RNG for the rest of the millennium, as John can tell you, as someone who got Anarchy, his first ever raid. I'm never going to get good drops ever again. My, my, my man has streamer loot happening right here. My man, your man had streamer loot and was not, in fact, streaming. Uh, if you could hear the sounds that left my body upon seeing that exotic Engram on the ground. Yeah, they were not entirely human. I'm pretty sure my neighbors banged on the wall because it was about midnight when it happened. <laughs> uh, well, excuse me. No, it was later. No, it was probably around one o'clock in the morning when it happened. Um, but it, we were led to believe, myself and my LFG were led to believe that there was a way that you could farm for Vex class. There is, in fact, not a way you can farm for Vex class, nope. but you can get three chances a week, as usual, with your characters. You don't actually have to try, though. If you straight out of the gatekeeper encounter, you can spawn uh, 
your people who were uh, on Venus in that encounter can spawn in, Atheon's body will be standing there, and you can literally primary it to death, which is what I did. Um, and then you still get the pinnacle loot from it. So, Do you I don't at least know. get spoils? Uh, I got spoils. Yeah, you can get spoils that way. Okay. Yeah, yeah. No, it's a... But there's so many other quicker spoils farms yeah. than going through the gatekeeper and down and killing Atheon. Anyways come out of it and everyone's like oh we just you know oh we just got legendaries and this and that and i walked up and they're like okay well you know let's go to orbit and before i was like nobody is fucking going to orbit right now hang on just one goddamn minute <laughs> i walked over it put it on i'm pretty sure i almost made a uh, mr hot cheeks rage quit right away uh but vexmith the class uh he and i played hundreds of hours of destiny one uh, had a few completions of Vault. Never grinded Vault like we have Deep Stone or Scourge of the Past or any of these others for these uh, exotics. First drop, so excited. I love that gun. Um, it's not exactly a PvE powerhouse. They've definitely nerfed it since Destiny 1, and that's a good thing yeah, because that gun they, was... They should. I, that I, gun I, was... It was terrorism in a rifle. Yeah, uh, I, I've been killed by it plenty. I've never held it in my own hands, but yeah, uh, I've been on they, the receiving end. It's very cool. I love I love what they've done to earn the catalyst. Yep. Uh, it's, outside of Acrius, it's the first it's the first real like actual viable raid weapon that's gotten a catalyst. Yeah. And you actually have to work for it too. It's not just oh go complete the raid on prestige mode. It's no. there's a lot of shit you got to go do in this. I thought for sure it would be uh, a reward for completing master mode. Yeah. Uh, and it was not, which made me really surprised. But I like it. I took it into some lost sectors. It's not going to light your world up on PvE. Uh, PvP is where that gun's going to be an absolute monster because it's a fusion rifle that is really a super long-range pulse and a very hard-hitting pulse at that, as well as when you get the overcharge shot. Now, this is something, when you do it in PvP, it's going to be hard to get that overcharge shot. It's probably going to take you two or three kills to get it's, those. It, it's two kills to get it. Two kills. To... Two kills. Still, two kills in the Crucible. Like, yeah. For Crucible Gods, that's going to be easy. Like, I don't yeah. expect this to terrorize in Trials. Yeah, Thank once you God. get the... It, it, by all intents and purposes, has the same, like, damage and time mm -hmm. to kill as a 360 auto auto rifle. Um, so, yeah. not the best place. But honestly, I'm fine with that, because like we just said, it was a monster in Destiny 1. I, honestly, I feel like Fusions are getting a buff next season. So, yeah. uh, they usually tend to buff whatever was just the pinnacle gun they tend to buff that soon after or whatever gets the uh the unstoppable mod which in succession has been uh or excuse me i think it's barrier yeah well, it's ba it, we had sniper anti-barrier and then this season we have grenade uh unstoppable yeah so, so maybe next season I, overload fusion dude if we get overload fusion i swear to god i'm running vex class on everything <laughs> uh, because you get a stupid amount of ammo in that gun. You get like oh, 400 yeah. rounds without oh, reserves. Yeah. Oh my god, thing's a monster. I love yeah. it. That's and, uh, that's that's my drop of the week. Yeah. Fucking Vex Myth the Class. And linear fusion shots, they're not bad. It's a little under what Arbalist does, but for something that uses yeah. primary ammo. Oh my god, dude. It's, it's, you know. it's filthy. This thing is illegal. It should never have been brought <laughs> back. Uh, John, hit me hit me with your second favorite drop of the week. Okay, so I, I've got a shout-out, and I'm normally not an auto-rifle guy, but Chroma Rush, I, I, I've just fallen in love with this gun. And my very first uh, drop of the season yeah. 
was Tunnel Vision Rampage. I want to I want to shout out all the weapons in general real fast. Corey and I went yeah. over this last week, but not just the weapons for the season, but you got the you've got the splicer weapons, you've got the future war cult uh, suite of weapons, you've got the vault of glass weapons, you get the iron banner weapons, the the uh, the new the nightfall weapon. Yeah, you got the new nightfall weapons. You've got the new drops in uh, Vanguard, Crucible, and Gambit. Everything feels so good this season. There are genu- genuinely great roles to go pursue on every single gun, I feel. Yep. And we haven't had this since the seasonal system started. This yeah. is what we dreamed of. Um, and not to mention, I mean, i got a bone to pick with the exotics, but the exotics are good this season. Yeah. It, and we still have two exotics to find. Oh, my God. I'm, dude, I'm so, re- I'm so ready. Yeah. John, hit me with hit me with those chroma rushes, though. So Tunnel Vision and Rampage. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the ideal would be Tunnel Vision Kill Clip because Tunnel Vision procs on reloading after right. a kill. So they kind of – but Rampage still does the same, especially in, in, in PvE. It's, it's, it's solid. But, I've been using the same same role as you for the record. Yeah, it and just especially with the uh, with anti barrier on autos this season, mm-hmm. it just feels so good. And I I played around with seven um, twenties before. I fucked around with misfit. I I had some I never liked to see. Dolphins. I never got on the misfit train, but I yeah. like this. But it has to be in certain scenarios. I mainly like this in the crucible. In higher end PVE, I like when we t- I took it in on day one. It was a little rough. Um, just because it burns through the clips so fast, and you can't always kill an orange bar with that. Yeah. Um, that's that's my one thing, but it beat having a scout on, so it yeah. was kind of like, well, if I run this, I can at least run trustee in my uh, energy slot if I'm not already on divinity duty. Uh, but the, the other thing- role. Oh, go ahead. I was about to say the the thing that makes this stand out versus any other 720 auto uh, that I've played with before. I'm looking at these stats right now. It is 80 stability, 80 aim assist. Yeah, those are monster stats for a bullet hose like this. That was my problem with Misfit. As much as I liked it for goofs, it was just really unreliable because it's literally a bullet hose. A bullet hose. You're spraying all over the place. This thing shoots. So the role straight. I've really been enjoying, and I can't remember if I talked about this role last week. Uh, I've been enjoying heating up kill clip. Oh yeah! If I could get, if I could cherry out tr- tunnel vision for for heating up on this, I, heating I up is probably my new favorite perk of the season. Yeah. Um, aside from a raid specific perk that I'm that I want to get into very quickly, uh, again we just got so much to talk about tonight. Uh, my we can talk of... about Fatebringer bringer for an hour. That's oh fine. God, that's a dream. Um, vision of confluence. Uh, I have one with rewind rounds, which is a new mm-hmm. perk. Um, I want to I want to pull this up because I want to get the wording exactly correct before I screw it up. But rewind rounds when the magazine is empty, it refills from reserves based on the number of hits. So I've noticed, and I've seen a lot of people go, "Oh, I only get like seven or eight rounds." Like seven or eight rounds out of a sixteen clip weapon yeah. is pretty damn good, especially for an instant reload. You know, right? It's not it will, a, and yeah. it, 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 instant reloads, and then when that winds down, like that's it, you're done. Yeah. Like you're gonna yeah. it eventually makes you like it may give you like two or three and then you know it'll eventually wind itself down and you're gonna have to refill the gun. But it reloads so fast. At least for me, like th- this gun reloads so fast. I have a stability masterwork on it, and I have frenzy as my other perk. Um uh, as well as flared magwell. I, I'm loving vision. It's just 
I'm so used to faster firing scouts now that yeah. a 180 doesn't always what? do it for me. It, it, it's it's kind of the sin of this season that they gave us Vision and hung Jerry back, and 180 scouts are kind of just ass. Dude, but this thing hits like a motherfucking 18-wheeler, <laughs> let me tell you. Like, three hits down somebody yep. in the Crucible. Um, I, I personally really like this gun. It's like hung jury. Like, I think you had to have used them. Part of it, part of it is the nostalgia of destiny yeah. one, but part of it is also like, we're hoping now with, if they ever buff 180 scouts, those He's will be two of the most, King. they're yeah. going to be two of the most dominant PVE weapons in the entire game. Um, I still think in crucible, I mean, I, I take night watch in the crucible and which isn't too much faster than this, but with, you know, with having rapid hit and drop mag on that, that's just, it's invaluable for a scout. Trustee, I think, is still king in PvP if you can land those shots. Like, uh, our friend Max used to run rampant with Randy's throwing knife. Yeah. Um, and but, Trustee is a love letter to everyone who loved that gun. Yeah. Unfortunately, the, or fortunately, depending on where you're sitting, the, 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 the thing you gotta beat out is Dead Man's Tail at scout ranges. And yeah, that thing um, is... <laughs> and I mean that's the thing, like Dead Man's is so Dead Man's is a 120, and it it's basically a glorified hand cannon in a lot of ways. It, um, it's, it's like a Joker's hand cannon from Michael Keaton's. Uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> Once Michael you Keaton's have the family. catalyst, though, that thing just becomes an absolute monster. They've already teased some nerfs coming to it. Yeah. Um, man, I I don't see it running as rampant in PvP. Yeah, I will say that, which maybe that's because I'm not playing the right mode for it, but I'm a little terrified of momentum control coming back at reset because that's all it's going to be dead man's control. <laughs> I cannot wait to take dead man's. I, I'm ex I mean, momentum. I'm excited. I'm excited to take that and vi vision is going to be a fucking nightmare in there. Yep. Uh, that's going to hit like Jade Rabbit. That's where you're going to see your Firefly hung Jerry's get whipped out. Is, oh is my god, dude. I'm, I'm so excited. I'm so ready. But uh, we're, we're going we're gonna to depart and leave our exotic Engrams behind. We're going to talk very, very briefly about Expunge, the new, what well, was advertised as a Pinnacle activity. Uh, Cosmo has confirmed we're not going to get Pinnacle loot until June 15th, I believe. It's the first day that'll start dropping. Because they're going to have a new series of unlocks on the Splicer Gauntlet that will let you earn specific targeted loot from that. Yeah. Um, it'll give you reasons to run it again. We have time trial uh, achievements coming, which some of them are like, do the, do a certain one, which we haven't unlocked yet, in under six minutes. If you're yeah. telling me I can really run this in under six minutes and get guaranteed loot every time, I'm going to run it. Yeah. That's so much faster to me going and doing an override. But until then, they're going to give us a piece of high-statted armor uh, each week when you do your first completion until then. Wish I would have known that before I just deleted the armor piece I got from it out of rage. Um, <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know if it was actually good. Uh, I've heard a lot of people say like, "Oh, I just got something with like a 61 stat roll." Like, I mm, think mine was 63. But auto delete. It, yeah. Um, so. Yeah, they, oh, go ahead. I was yeah, about to say. I, I believe the mechanism is is there because we don't have the free high stat armor in the season pass anymore that, that's exactly what they confirmed yeah that's yeah. exactly what they confirmed and it's like oh, i wish you would have made that kind of clear to us speaking of the seasonal armor i still have not gotten the hunter cloak even once really? i have oh, not you need that wolf cloak baby dude i need the wolf cloak i need to join the night's watch baby if anybody needs to join it it's old captain cakes over here but john x sponge 
this is this is everything that I had kind of like hoped to see going into the Vex network. This yeah. builds on what we see in the override missions. I've seen a lot. I've, this and this kind of has the community divided right now. I think a lot of people agree the aesthetic is just p- cool. Period. But yeah. a lot I've seen a lot complain, and it tends to be people who farther down in their posts complain that they're bad at jumping puzzles. Um, <laughs> well, just because you suck ass at jumping puzzles doesn't mean the rest of us should be punished. Um, I like this. It's something different. There's not a lot of combat in it, but you are having to move through this labyrinth. It's literally called labyrinth. You're having to move through this as quickly as possible using precision jumps. Hunters finally, finally were the best in Sonic. Um, I really, really like this. I've run it three times, I think. Uh, I'm trying to get that sub 10 minute achievement, and uh, I'm pretty sure you have to have the shortcuts in order to do it. Yeah. I've gotten to 10 and a half minutes is the quickest I've done it. So 30 seconds away, I know exactly where I got to cut those seconds off at. Uh, what, what do you what do you think? Because the, the complaints I've seen have largely centered on it's just jumping. It's just a big jumping puzzle. It's not as cool as Whisper. You don't get something like you, at least Presage gave us an exotic at the end. Like this well, community has become so about fucking entitled. Random rules too. Yep. 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 They, they've complained about that. Bungie is, I believe Bungie's already confirmed we're not getting in a random rolled exotic for quite some time. Yeah, they said it's not off the table, but this isn't something they're going to do with every exotic. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you right now, I feel like, I feel like Dead Man should not have been a random rolled exotic. Mm-hmm. It um, made sense for Hawkmoon, and honestly, I'm not Hawkmoon mad about it. Hawkmoon had such a problematic it. perk to begin with, Yeah. that if you brought that back, you had to do that. Yeah. I... Personally, like I was okay with Dead Man's doing it. I mean, like every every role for Dead Man's, it's ironic. Like just about every role. I shouldn't say every role. Almost every role. Like five out of the six you can get have yeah. purposes. Yeah. Um. So I don't. You know, think I got a snapshot sites Dead Man's. I don't want to use that in PVE, but in PVP, snapshots on that thing is I, awesome. I've got snap. I've got I've got a snapshot for PVP, and I've got a uh, subsistence for PVE. Um. I was using Vorpal for a while. God, I just I've fallen out of love with Vorpal. There's so many other options for that column now that it's not like king shit like it used to be. No. Unless you're talking like slug shotties. It, needs, it, it has swords. specific uses. Uh, I, specific I think swords uses. and slug shotties, it's still really yeah. good. And, um, and, and from the, the PvP side, having Vorpal on a sniper lets you challenge supers. Right. Really easy. Um, but yeah, yeah. Give me those presage thoughts though, Chunk. So, I I think Expunge is beautiful and awesome. Um, I wasn't expecting an exotic or anything Mm -hmm. too crazy from it, especially since they revealed it on the roadmap. I feel like if it was... Right, right. You know what I mean? Um, Like, Presage came out of nowhere, and it was like, holy shit, what is this? Let's dive in. Let's, you know. Um, But, yeah, I think it's awesome. I think the only... Oddly enough, uh, not to... Not to derail this this conversation here the one thing i was thinking as i was running through expunge is man i'm sad that this environment is so beautifully crafted and we're gonna lose it after a year and also god damn it i would love a crucible map in this environment <laughs> uh i really want a crucible map and this is a point that Corey and i made when we first did the override was um it's gonna be an actual crime against humanity if bungie does not do a crucible arena and a gambit arena in this aesthetic yeah um it's so I, cool. I, think it, I don't want to see it everywhere or overused, right. but yeah, they did such an awesome job with this weird Tron. Such aesthetic. a dude, such a great job. Um, yeah. I, I kind of wish that the soundtrack reflected that too. 
Um, uh, they, they went for a synthwave thing. I'm, I'm bopping to the soundtrack, don't get me wrong. I, Michael yeah. Salvatore's killing it. But, yeah. uh, you know, I, my Daft Punk dreams have been dashed. <laughs> uh, so I, again, you know, the expunge is going to be something we talk about every week. There are three, right now there are three missions that we currently know of that are each going to have uh, a corrupted variant of sorts. Yeah. Uh, so I expect we'll be able to pull these missions ourselves from the from the director mm-hmm. uh, in due time because there's going to be two different cha- types. There's going to be some challenges associated with them uh, once we hit June. I think that's when you're probably going to see the first exotic drop is when these corrupted versions happen. Yeah. Um, and you'll see your first exotic of the season. And the other one's likely going to be tied to uh, Solstice of Heroes. Yeah. Um, Let me tell you, the first exotic of the season sucks. <sighs> <laughs> that stays aside. Oh, God. That's a topic why. for that's a topic for another day because John, we've got a lot of stasis to talk about. Oh, are they doing something with stasis, Josh? They're doing something with stasis over in the Twab, John. We we mainly have stasis news. Um, quick shout out to uh, at the top of the Twab to uh, Clan Elysium that got that world's first. They did their first run of Vault. They're in chow in contest mode. Their first clear was done in an hour forty-five. Yeah, and uh, I believe they secured world's first about three hours after that. So that's just that, that's fucking bonkers. I don't Jesus. Um, I GGS GGS. Yeah. I think at the end of I think about that time is when we were maybe getting ready to move on to oracles. Um. <laughs> So, which is not bad by any means, especially when you hear about some teams that struggled for, uh, like, three hours outside to get the vault open. Um, yeah. I felt a lot better about it taking us. About us screaming for 30 minutes <laughs> in utter panic until the door opened. <laughs> it, 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 it was pretty bad. Uh, you know, we finally, we finally figured it out. Of course, you know, if you're stu- not stuffing those minutes, ours, baby. Um, but stasis. So, it's no secret... We've all complained about I've done it a lot on this show, complaining about stasis and PvP. I'm usually one of those wait-and-see type people. Well, I waited and saw, and finally last season, Crucible just became unplayable for me. Um, especially, It was really Guardian games that kind of tipped it that way because there were so many Hunters playing, so many Ice Tornadoes, so many Shurikens, so many fucking Dusk Field grenades, so many Cold Snap grenades. <laughs> Warlock Super infuriates me every time I see it. I'm done. I'm, I'm, I'm done with it. I can't do it anymore. It's PvP is unplayable. It's not fun. Yeah. Uh, I'm torturing myself right now to get those challenges done. Iron Banner was somehow playable this time. I don't know how that happened, but it was somehow playable. Stasis. So they've been trying to figure out how to nerf this without completely destroying it in PvE. That's part of the delicate balance. Um I really like that they they brought in uh, Kevin Kevin Yanes from deep from the gameplay team. Uh, he kind of talked about their philosophy behind it, and he says uh, when they set out to define the future of PvP, the pillars they kind of made were weapons are the primary way players engage in combat. Good. The gunplay in Destiny is so ridiculously good; it needs to be at the forefront. Yeah. This is Bungie. This is the these guys who made Halo for God's sake. Like we want their gunplay at the front. Non-super abilities accentuate or augment the combat, but should rarely solve an encounter by themselves. Agreed. Ding, ding, ding. I should not keep getting one-hit killed by fucking Titan shield bashes, by hunter throwing knives, by warlock melees. That's all some absolute horse shit. 
That should be able to take me down to where you still need to pop me a couple times. The shield should, like, throw me back, and you should be able to pull out a pistol and whip me with it. Shoot me one time or something. Or toss a grenade onto me. Something like that. Like, grenades should not insta-kill me when I step onto an arc grenade. Things like that. Uh, abilities of clear strengths, weaknesses, and counterplay. There is no way to counterplay a Titan Shield Bash. Did you know that, John? Um, As yeah, a Titan main, called, did you know that? It, 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 it's called having situational awareness. It's yeah. called fucking bullshit is what it's called. <laughs> when you are 20 feet away from me and hit that melee button, it should not insta-warp you to me. Um, I, I, can, uh, I can confirm as a Titan main. So here's the scoop and I'll tell you. With, with shield or with shoulder charge on any of the trees, because they all work almost exactly the same other than the shield bash uh, suppresses. Mm -hmm. So you can take someone out of a super with it. You have to put yourself in such dangerous scenarios to do that. And not to say that you and I are not good, but Josh, we're not good. But no, against no. good players, uh, if you try to run in and ape them with a shoulder charge, unless you happen to come around a corner and surprise someone, most of the time they're going to see what you're doing. You, you see those wisps around the Titan as they're mm -hmm. running towards you, and you're going to get gunned down before you get close to them. And anyways, anyways, I anyways. stand by my point. <laughs> it's some utter yeah, bullshit. Gunplay. Gunplay is the focus. Uh, build crafting is rewarded with moment-to-moment -moment combat loop of destiny, and that's uh, that's that's really how it should be. You know, you yeah, shouldn't have absolutely. to have a specific mod to shut down an entire subclass. Yeah, or a um, specific exotic. Right, 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 right. And I mean, I, I think we generally agree with all of these. You know, yeah. for me, it's all it always has been about the gunplay and about my build and things like that. Like, I've never worried too much about my abilities in something like the Crucible because the way I play is I try to keep my distance. Yeah. I'm very much, I, I'm, I'm the scout player. I, I'm a scout player. I'm a pulse player. I don't like sniping, but I'm kind of like that mid-range guy. Not really yeah. at a distance unless I have a really, really good scout. But... I'm also usually not throwing myself into the line of fire unless I'm capturing a point in control. Yeah. To that end, this has stasis has really been like the absolute worst for people who like to get up in everybody's face, not shotgun apes because you're usually killing them before they get it off. Yeah. But it has been the worst for people who rely on sidearms, auto rifles, um, SMGs. I would say to an extent, pulses and scouts. Or really, if you rely on mid to eat from the air and push in and try to make plays. Right, right. I mean, like, dude, how many times have you gotten frozen in the air when you're trying to smash down? Yeah, yeah, um, and not even using my super, but I do that right. all the time when I'm pushing with my team, even in trials when it's just three right, three. Right. I'll push in, try to make a play, knowing that you and 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 Max or whoever we're playing with has my back, and I'm trying to be a big dumb distraction so we could get the the. But when you do that and you just get oh, the the warlock just pressed the right bumper, and now I'm just standing here frozen like an asshole. Or, oh, I got tagged by a shuriken as I was making my approach. Now I can't do anything, and I'm sitting out in a lane, right. you know. <laughs> so it, here, there's there's a lot here from Kevin. I encourage everyone to go and read this. As usual, when we have big gameplay changes, I encourage everyone to go read the text. They're going to phrase it better than I ever could, and just simply I'm not going to sit here and read the twab to you. That That's not fun for any of us. Yeah. Um, but the long short of it is they they deployed a patch at the beginning of Season 14. It was developed separately from 14, so that screwed with some of the abilities, with some of the other buffs that the gameplay team was making. And so they moved the changes that were supposed to be in Season 15 up by a whole season um, to deploy, and they're going to deploy on Tuesday because the game literally was becoming an unplayable state for regular PvP. 
Yeah. Uh, it, it was just, it was a nightmare. They break down some of the numbers you see in trials. For example, 36% of all trials players since the deployment of stasis have been stasis hunters. Which is insane. Absolutely insane. Uh, you know, break down a couple of the numbers as we get through here. But um, they say it's important to note shifting the focus on the patch that is coming on Tuesday, shifting our focus to that when it was supposed to deploy next season is a considerable cost to the team. So it's unlikely mid-season patches of this scope will become a regular occurrence. Yeah. It is really important that everyone keeps that in mind. I I sound like a huge bungee apologist regularly. I know that. But Josh, these guys... I, I don't want you to throw yourself under the bus because calling yourself a bungee apologist, this is a company ran by people who are there to do their job, and this is a huge thing that they took out of the you know they're building season 15 they're building witch cream they're doing their things a huge portion of that team stopped to push this through now you know and that's um, that being said uh, yeah. i do think like when you have a longer season like arrivals or like how season 15 is going to be that's probably when you could expect a bigger patch like this that's yep. something you can't leave unaddressed for six months i'm glad we're getting this now um i'm very grateful because i think it's going to improve pvp for a lot, a lot of people again like we yeah. said top of the show PvP mains, PvE mains, people who just like to go in there and hang out with their buds like us. Like we play it casually. We're not we're not sweaty tryhards. We'll we'll play trials. We'll pop off three or four wins, but yeah. we're we're not going to the lighthouse. Like we don't play eight hours of Crucible a day. Right. We're we're here to have fun with our buds. You know that's the only mode we can really do with everybody. You know if we have four people, we can go play Gambit. But usually by the time we got four, we got five or six coming in. Yeah. Um, Crucible is the only thing that we can play. And that's, for better or worse, that's unfortunate. It's either that or a raid. And I don't want to raid every time that people are on. Yeah. I just don't. Like, there, there's a... Sometimes there's, we got 40 minutes or whatever. Yeah, you know? we got 40 minutes. Or, like, you know, Max has only got time for three or four matches because he's got to go to work the next morning. Or, you know, by the time y'all are all logging on, it's really late my time. You know, things like that. When we look at this, I, I want to... You know, talk about their roadmap here a little bit. They say, you know, diving back into season 15 after this patch, we're planning to deliver another balance patch focused on updates to the light subclasses and continuing to iterate on stasis. The goal is to address key pieces of more of the light subclasses viable across the game. Good, because we know that's going to help affect PVE as well. They've already yeah. told that that's not just PVP. After season 15, things become more nebulous because we're still early in development. As we know, they work about six months out. Yeah. Um, on gameplay gameplay patches like this, they they usually have a roadmap, and then they address them probably the season ahead of time because they want to get play testing done. The reality is, when we hear people say, and we're going to address this kind of during Vault with all the Atheon glitches and cheeses, oh, Bungie doesn't do enough play testing. You got to understand, Bolt Bungie is a company that has QA testers. They are never going to find everything in enough scenarios before it ships their best play test is releasing something to the world to the wild seeing it doesn't work after a week or two and immediately working on a fix which we then get a couple weeks later after it's gone through their internal testing after it's gone through certification by microsoft and sony and steam and it yeah. takes a while like even a hot fix takes a while something like this isn't something they can just flip in the background yeah they, they have more data from right. five hours of it being live than six months of qa Exactly. Yeah, you know, because so you have some, millions of people, you know, I mean, in there. literally, yeah, there, yeah. There's you know one two million people playing this game at any given time. Um, they they've said some of the things they want to address in 15 going forward. Um, 
regeneration rates and redesigning how ability energy economy works across the game. The goal here is to keep the PVE experience largely similar to the state of the game today. Good. PVE yep. is the best it's ever been, in my opinion. Yeah. And stasis is fun. And it PVE is fun. Is so cool. It plays into that power fantasy and it complements other abilities. But reduce how often abilities are used in the Crucible. After that, we'll be taking a long, hard look at Void, Solar, and Arc to re-examine each subclass path and how they fit into the combat sandbox. Good, because you want to know something. In PvP, as a hunter, you have, like, three options, maybe. And one of those is Stasis. Yeah. And I would bet, I, I would bet a lot of money that you're getting another Darkness subclass with the Witch Queen, so they got to figure this shit out now. Yeah. And it really is a shame because I think one of the Hunter's best PvP kits, which is Arc, is completely and totally annihilated by yep. Stasis. Yep. Because all of them are, and I feel this as a Titan, but all of the Arc Hunter supers and subclasses are built out around melee kills yep. and dodging around enemies and being up close with people. And you can't those do that. Those three? Uh, so you have those three? You yeah. have... Night, uh, you have uh, Spectral Blades. Yeah, Middle Tree Night, uh, Night Stalker is, is most is of Night there. Stalker is honestly pretty useless unless you're playing Mayhem. Uh, even then, it just works for being the fun police. So you're basically left with Solar or Stasis. And let me tell you, Golden Gun is not a viable path unless you're actually good with it. Speaking yep, from experience, it's extremely. It's an entire all uh, the the top and bottom are both around. Hey, land all your shots. <laughs> right. So, and it, I mean, that's fine if you're a hunter who plays a lot of hand cannons. It's it, yep. you are literally firing the last word. Yeah. Um. So your choices are literally come down to you for PvP, stasis, or are you going to be a little bitch baby like me and use blade barrage? <laughs> and if Which you is, have blade uh, barrage, finicky to bad, uh, depending on. Uh... <laughs> yeah, and blade barrage is really temperamental so yep. it may work or you you may throw it at three people you may get three kills you may get no kills because yep. it depends on how it decides to work for you that day so it, it's just it literally i feel like so many hunters are running stasis because they have no other option and that's part of the problem like the hunters are supposed to play from afar why are all my supers up close yeah so, but i don't I, I digress i don't want i don't want to you know think about that they're gonna throw. We're gonna throw it over to uh, to one of the gameplay designers. They're gonna talk about the patch. They go really, really, really in depth here. There is so much here. We're we're gonna hit a couple of the general ones, and then uh, I'm gonna see. We're gonna see. If there's any big things we want to point out? There's a lot of numbers here, though. So again, <laughs> this is probably a patch you want to go read up on, or just play yeah. for yourself. You're gonna notice the changes because there's so many of them here. But uh, one of the one of the big ones that we want to talk about, stasis freeze. Reduce duration of all non-super freezes versus players to 1.35 seconds. The freeze is too short to break out of, so breaking out is now only possible when frozen by a super. Good. That was yep. a problem. Yep. So it's just, it's literally going to stop you for about a split second, and then you're done. Yep. Which is good, especially with those fucking cold snaps and those fucking dusk fields. Uh, reduce special weapon, heavy weapon, and light ability bonus damage versus frozen players from 50% to 5%. I'll be honest, um, I didn't even know they had a bonus damage. I didn't either, because I'm never <laughs> alive long enough to find out. I never get to freeze people when I play with stasis. Um, stasis slow. This is the this is the big one okay. for Dan. Yeah. No longer reduces weapon accuracy and increases weapon flinch when under fire. Mm. Mm. I damn near ran down the apartment. Mm. 
hallway this afternoon when John sent this to me. I hadn't read the TWAB yet. I didn't know it was out. I was in the middle of doing some work. I threw my headset down in celebration. This has I been... was so happy to see this. Josh, and you know, this has been my biggest complaint. We have complained so many times. I swear to God, we must have, have a we must have a direct line to Luke Smith in our headsets because we've complained about it so so much for the last eight. What is it? Almost eight months now. Yep. We have complained about this nonstop since the day Stasis came out. Also, no longer suppresses class ability and error moves such as Icarus Dash. Uh, the storm stormcallers uh, blink is still suppressed when slowed, and they're going to address that in a future update. Just in That's case okay. you're stormcallers bad anyway. Sorry for us. Reduced movement speed penalty while slowed by twenty percent. This is just this is by far the best update. They could have just told me this, and I would have probably been happy, yeah. frankly. Yeah. That... Um, Hedron whisper of hedrons will no longer increase weapon damage after freezing. Uh, it will now increase stability, weapon aim assist, mobility, resilience, and recovery after freezing. Good. Yeah, good. That, that, uh, I, I run headdrums, and I think yeah. that that's more beneficial personally, to the way I play at least. Yeah, but in Crucible, that means you freeze a guy around the corner, you're able to two-tap with your 120 hand cannon, and you can no longer do that, which is awesome. <laughs> um, cold Snap Grenade Seeker no longer tracks targets after initial target acquisition. Uh, arming duration before Seeker spawns, 0.3 to 0.8. Detonation radius versus players has been halved. Uh, and it now bounces off walls and detonates on the ground. So it can't chase you in the air. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which was a big one also. Uh, that there's some there there's a lot here. They address Titan, Hunter, and uh, Warlock. They kind of break down how they were being used. Um, Titan Behemoth, believe it or not, generally has the highest win rate of any subclass in most 6v6 game modes and is also among the strongest in 3v3. In Trials, for example, only Top Tree Domblade has a higher win rate. That's right, baby. That fucking blows my mind, especially with how much I hear about the hunter, uh, hunter stasis. Well, so, so here's the problem: is there's like tenfold more hunters. And they a, they do, they do address that. Yeah. Yeah, but a good titan with behemoth. I think behemoth has unlike the the other two stasis. There's uh, so much ice. Well, it's just it has such a high skill gap. The yeah, movement yeah. that that the behemoth presents is insane, and if you are a very good player, you could take advantage of that to the nth degree. Um, I, I would like to note, Glacial Quake is getting a nerf. That's the specific one I'm going to read out. The only one on this class I'm going to read out. Reduced Heavy Slam Vertical Freeze range versus players, which this is the second or third time they've had to nerf that shit. <laughs> and reduced damage resistance from 50% to 47%. So uh, I have generally found it easier to kill them out of their super as of late but you, you gotta land again you gotta them. land those shots you gotta have uh you got vorpal dead mans or a vorpal hand cannon or shoddy of some kind to get them out of that super or you're just not doing it yeah or even just team shooting if there's three of you yeah. trying to take it's, a point oh, team shooting you yeah. uh, this goes back to the whole shield bash thing right you're gonna die if you rush somebody and you're not an expert in that class you're going to die. If you don't know, like we talk about the movement abilities of that particular class versus other Titans. Yeah. And it's night and day. Like this feels like a hunter class at times with the movement. Yep. Between the so, super slide and the, and the fact that you can fly like 35 meters mm -hmm. with that melee, you know? <laughs> um, hunter Revenant, win rate, kills per minute, average efficiency is generally within the top six of all subclasses, but the usage rate is incredibly high. In Trials, it has the fifth highest win rate of any subclass, but is used by 36% of Trials players. 
High usage means players fall victim to abilities more often, multiplying the frustration of being uh, slowed by Withering Blade and Winter Shroud. Um, Which, I mean, uh, so they talk, this is, again, another nerf that we've gotten to Shurikens. Uh, Slowed Soul Duration versus players from 2.5 to 1.5. Whisper of Durant's extension is from 2 seconds down to 0.5. Damage versus players 65 to 45 after 1 bounce is reduced to 30. Projectile speed 10%. Reduced tracking after bouncing off a wall. This is, I feel like, with the other changes they've made, I think that they're going to revert these Shuriken changes. Uh, Maybe not in Season 15, but by Witch Queen. I I hope, in a way, I hope they don't. What I would like to see is if you have two in the chamber, I'd like for these to apply to the second one. Maybe. Um, It's it's not getting frozen by the shurikens. That is the problem. (laughs) It's the fact that you have two in the chamber. You have a right bumper ability with incredible range. That just right. immediately makes your opponent not. So be able to I, I'm, you, I'm gonna you know? I'm gonna play I'm gonna play some devil's advocate here. Oh geez, here we go. Here we go. Because listen, every other class has a one-hit melee kill. Okay, the hunters are supposed to be a class to play at range. It does not. I think the tracking is absurd on these things. I think the tracking should be. You should have to aim these like you do throwing knife. Yeah. You, there is so much tracking aim on these yep. things, it's insane. And I say, as somebody who gets frequently corners. frustrated by it, um, but, I mean, I also play this a lot in PvE, so I'm not really, like, seeing... Like, I don't really run it in PvP. I don't like being part of the problem. Instead, yep. I'm the one running yep. shards down or in your Mayhem matches. Mm-hmm. Um, I, think that's a, I think that's a really good move. Um, and, I mean, the other... Really, the other one is Cold Snap Grenades. Uh, yep. Same same things. Um shade binder uh there's a lot uh trials it has ninth highest win rate of all subclasses uh they are pulling this data from the weekend of 514 but it doesn't deviate much between weekends vog launch shook things up a bit um shade binder may not be the most powerful and competitive play being frozen by its abilities takes a large emotional toll on the victim you're damn right it does yep uh penumbral blast has been adjusted to require more accuracy versus players in order to turn this ability into more of a skill shot given its powerful effects good because yep. i'm so tired of seeing three blasts come and as soon as i hear that noise i'm like well i'm gonna die yeah. that's all that's all there is to it. i have managed to dodge it a handful of times but i have to have my timing has to be exactly spot on um, and then you have to turn around and hope you can pop them with a couple shots or with heavy beforehand, which good luck having heavy. Usually I end up having to burn my super. Um, Penumbral Blast, though, they, they, there's not a lot of changes to this. Really, the Behemoth is the one that got hit hard here. Yeah. Um, and, in and addition they to the overall the abilities of, for everything. Yeah. Um, and they already but, nerfed the shit out of the Warlock Stasis super. Well, that was the first thing that, that's, that's why I want to address... Uh, these three things really fast. Penumbra Blast, uh, reduced tracking and proximity detonation size and tracking versus players, reduces freeze radius and players when impacting the environment from 2.7 meters to 1.5. Uh, ice flare bolts now only change once when spawned from a player shatter and Winter's Wrath uh, strength will ramp down to zero after two seconds of flight. Good. These are all good changes to me for all three of these classes. I disagree slightly with how much the because sh- the shurikens got nerfed once already, and I think that they're to me they're largely in an okay place in PvP. But I also don't play a lot of trials. I don't understand the frustrations that a lot of people do with it. Because when I've been going in there, I'm encountering a lot of people playing light subclasses right now. But so, I understand when you get to, the only way you are getting to the lighthouse is by using stasis. Yeah. 
And and the biggest thing was, John White, as we just found out. Yeah. The biggest thing with shurikens is okay, so say you go to challenge a lane, you get hit in the body by a sniper rifle, you say, Okay, that's not a good position. I'm gonna reposition, heal, and mm-hmm. push. You go around a corner, you put you're you're safe and in cover, and then you hear that and just around a corner that shuriken kills you. And if it doesn't kill you, you're now slowed. And that hunter is going to come around that shotgun with their stompies and be 30 feet in the air with a shotgun and take the you biggest out change to me that I that I think they really <laughs> needed was reducing the tracking after bouncing off yeah. of the wall. Yeah. In PVE, that's fine because I really rely on that in PVE. Like I was doing it in Vault, I was throwing it off of the confluxes and trying to hit, uh, yeah. you know, trying to slow the champion well, or slow the chickens down. Well, in, am I wrong? I believe they mentioned that. Almost, if not all of these changes are PVE only. These are all PVP only. I want to, yeah. yeah to make that really clear again, these are all yeah. PVP only. Which uh, is awesome. Which, which is, is awesome. very good. They, they finally have gotten it through their heads that you cannot nerf something in PVP and PVE because, I mean, we have the same problem in PVE. Like, you fucking Spectral Blades is useless. Yeah. Uh, Arc Supers are useless. Yeah. Um, Like, it's are you going to be on tether or are you on celestial nighthawk those are your two options stasis has thank god given us another path it may not be the best for boss damage but like we found out when we did uh grandmasters last season sometimes throwing that great throwing that ice tornado on for example on brock is up throwing the ice tornado on him slows him down just enough for me to be able to start getting that divinity bubble on him and for Mm -hmm. everybody else to pelt him with chaos reaches or with falling star or something and we're just we're nuking these bosses in nightfalls and endgame content because that tornado is slowing him and the ads down just enough for us even just dust field grenades on a champion yeah, yeah, I mean, so much. <laughs> it's huge. I mean, the the shurikens. Like, I would love to see a seasonal artifact mod where you throw your shuriken and uh, it can stun an unstoppable. Yeah. I'm or sure you'll see it, see it eventually. We get it for all the other ones. We we got yeah, last so. season. I think it was uh, stasis abilities over uh, stunned overload champions or stasis grenades. I think it was stasis grenades. I can't remember exactly. Yeah. We have exactly. one. We have a stasis ability this season, which I I've actually bought the mod. I just haven't tried it out yet. I just got it last night. Hmm. Um, but yeah. So I mean, any last thoughts on the on the stasis changes before we move on to talking about why we're all here tonight, which is Vault? <laughs> no, I I just want to say that it, it it's the the problem with stasis is you know if you pop a super on me, I feel like you know what it doesn't matter what super you're on unless you're really bad, you were gonna kill me anyways. So if a if a stasis hunter wants to jump up and hit me with a ice tornado and kill me, that's cool. But having three win buttons on your left and right bumper, yeah, any different engagement with hugely. Oh wait, I forgot four because hunters can slow you by dodging. So for a stasis hunter, that's four basically I win buttons unless you're extremely unlucky. You know, <laughs> it's it's rough. It's definitely rough. Um, I hope that these. I hope these changes do something. Yeah. I if they, if they don't after this, um, I'm close to the point of joining the ranks of, uh, for example, Vanguard has called for this already. He's one of the more reliable guys for uh, PvP builds that I follow. Good guy. Uh, yeah, great guy. Uh, love love his content. But when he's calling for Stasis to be taken out of the game at this point, out of PvP at least, until yeah. it can be 
completely fixed. That's how you know something is just completely irreparably fucked. Like, you're yep. dangerously Our, close to losing your PvP, core PvP audience. Especially when it's coupled with we haven't had a new Crucible map in two years, we have no new modes. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, it, it, it just compounds. It's, it's, it's bad. It's real yeah. bad. Um, I mean... Are you, are you familiar with Ascendant Nomad, by chance? He's not uh, a I big am. one. I am. Yeah. Well, his, his whole thing is... You know, don't 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 fall into scrub mentality of I'm going to be mad about how the other person killed me and focus on how you can become better. He, after making a career on that mindset, mm -hmm. has come out and said, I cannot in good faith try to coach people on how to be better at the crucible when it doesn't matter. I can win this engagement by pressing right bumper or dodging around you, you know, to, to freeze you. <laughs> I, I, I agree. And I you mean, know. like, I I really, really, really like playing um, Crucible. I like playing it with friends. I like playing it solo. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm always down to boot up and play some control. Like, I, I often wander into control or mayhem, and especially if momentum is up. Yeah. Uh, you'll find me wandering in there on my own. Uh, other things like Breakthrough, um, I definitely got to have a team with me. But I don't mind wandering into those. I used to not mind wandering into Iron Banner by myself until uh, last summer. <laughs> and uh you know the freelance playlist has kind of been a godsend there but even that's a hit and miss bag um even i don't like wandering in the crucible anymore now um especially so that's a shame that's it, a shame. it really is like i i was not a big crucible player in d1 uh definitely was not i played it because that was the only way i could get high-end gear um for in iron banner at least that's most of what i played for pvp and I didn't play a lot of Crucible before you and I started playing together. That's back yeah. when it was, it was 4v4 for a long time. Really hated that. Yeah. Um, after they made it 6v6, we'd play occasionally. We'd play for Iron Banner, essentially. Yeah. Um, but went almost an entire year without playing PvP until we started playing, and I've consistently played since then. This is kind of the first time. Guardian Games was really the first time where I went, I don't think I can PvP anymore. I have yeah. sat through a couple patches now. I have endured so much in this game, and I just can't do it anymore. I, I, I can't do it, and I really hope that that changes. So, fingers crossed that I can get back to enjoying the Crucible here, if not this season, early next season. Yep. But, John, let's move on to the, revol the, the, the proverbial revolving door of the Vault of Glass. Mm. Now, I'm really glad that you're here, because originally how I had the panel set up for tonight, Nerd Generalist and Colonel Panic, we're going to join us, and we were going to have, me and Colonel, obviously, have played it in D1. Nerd has never played it. We were going to have two guys who were vets and uh, one who has never touched it. Uh, but thankfully, it, it's it all worked out. It's going to be a 1v1. Me and Johnny, uh, both of the, the OG Vault of Glass versus a newbie. Um, now, John, having never done Vault, what went through your mind when you loaded into Venus for the first time in D2? Did it bring back those glorious Destiny 1 memories for you? Absolutely, because while I never had a team to do Vault with, mm -hmm. I many a time would hang out by that door on Venus, mm -hmm. waiting for someone to load in, trying to open, and I would get run up there and help them defend the plates and, and shoot Vex and emote with them, um, you know, so... That was as far as I had ever gotten into Vault in D1. So to actually be there um, and get to go inside and get to actually do this raid. I love this raid, Josh. It's, it, it's good shit. Uh, I'm very excited. This is just... Vault is one of the best gaming memories I've ever had. 
tackling that for the first time. I never, never having seen anything like that in a video game before. We talked about this during our raid rankings last fall, but there's a reason why Vault ranks so very highly on our list, and it's it is 100% the nostalgia factor. Um, it was the first of its kind. I only had a couple clears of Vault in D1, but the memories I have of that are some of the best gaming memories I have. I mean, that's how I found my raid group for Destiny 1. We cleared, uh, we would do Crota every week when it came out. We all took a big break after we beat Vault, but we played Crota almost every week. We did King's Fall when it came out. Um, they unfortunately did not carry over to our Eyes of Iron or into Destiny 2, but... It was just amazing going in there for the first time. I mean, there's so much lore behind the vault. Like, we're going to have to do a whole special lore corner just on the vault at some point. Um, and there's so many nods to Destiny's history in there. For one of them is the infamous uh, portal from the Whisper mission. Yeah. Uh, if you if you, if you know what we're talking about, there's a, there's a special portal in the Whisper mission you can get to. It's way almost outbound the map. And you have to jump over there to get... There's a collectible over there you got to get. I don't remember what it was for. But you go over there. And there's a portal, and if you look through it, you see a reflection into the jumping puzzle, into the chasm right before the Vault of Glass. And we freaked out, going, oh my god, could Vault come to D2? The next two years, we speculated about it, until finally last summer, they confirmed Vault was in fact coming to D2 sometime during Beyond Light's year. And we have it now. And I think that this is going to start a, 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 tr a trend. Not a tradition, but a trend. Uh, it has its own special tab right now, the Legends tab. It's the only thing in there. I do strongly think that they're going to move the Prophecy dungeon there eventually. Mm -hmm. uh, because how many times have you fucking clicked on that thing when you're trying to go to the yeah, tower? Yeah, I still don't know why it's on the tower. <laughs> I don't. It, it drives me nuts. They didn't have anywhere else to put it, though. Uh, and it's listed as Legends in Triumphs. Yeah. So conspiracy theory, spin foil hats coming on. I think it's getting moved over there because I think they're going to give us another reprised raid uh, when Beyond Light ends and we get uh, Witch Queen. I think you're going to get King's Fall, either in the lead not, up to it or after. So Cro I have a different, I have different feelings about Crota. I do think Crota is coming back in some way, shape, or form, but I think King's Fall is far more important to the story that they're going to be telling in the Witch Queen because Crota are Oryx dying is what sets all this emotion ultimately. Oh yeah, it was a, it was a big deal. I mean, it's uh, still Crota or Oryx. I mean, Oryx. God, it's so easy to get those two mixed yeah. up. Oryx is still the most consequential person that we've defeated in a raid, more yeah. so than Atheon, more so than Axis, definitely, definitely more so than Axis, uh, more so than Riven, more so than uh, Sanctified Mind. Josh, are you telling me that the, that the Taken King was important to the Destiny universe in and out of game? Oh, yeah, you know, I, I, I can't possibly imagine. I mean, hey, it's low-key the best raid in the whole franchise. Um, I do think, I think King's Fall is coming back. I think so many people expect Crota's End. I could see it coming back as a reprised dungeon down the line. The The possibilities are endless now that we have that Legends tab. And we've oh, seen yeah. them bring over content and keep it. This is, the, it's the same storyline as Destiny 1. They didn't change anything in that regard. Same with Fallen Saber and Devil's Lair. So I think that you're going to see a lot more strikes coming in. I wouldn't be sh I personally would like to see Prison of Elders come back as a That'd dungeon. Be That'd be fun. I, I want I want the Skoloss encounter to be a dungeon instead. You know, you have to go through a couple bosses, but hey, give us loot after each one. I think that could be really cool. But getting back to Vault, opening that gate. There was a <laughs> night day difference between doing that on Saturday and doing it on Monday. Josh no or excuse no me, Tuesday. Joke, that was probably some of the most fun I've had in Destiny all year. 
the amount of grown men screaming at the top of their lungs. Uh, we're like, oh, okay, we can handle this. This is rough. We can handle this. We can handle this. And then out of nowhere, the Cyclops has not spawned on me yet. I hear a shriek come from the right side plate of Nerd and uh, Colonel Panic going, oh, shit, there's a Cyclops. And, and simultaneously, John and I go, huh? And then our Cyclopses Boom. spawn. And we go, oh, shit, because they one-banged all of us at once. And so like started a cycle. Like so a <laughs> dude, it, I felt like I was storming the beaches of Normandy with my fire team. My swords were not helping. My snipers were barely helping. I was just trying to. Wells did not save us. You want to know what ultimately saved us? What's that, Josh? On middle plate and on right plate, stasis saved us. <laughs> because I would pop stasis with my, oh, I couldn't even use my star readers to help, but I would pop stasis to wipe out ads. Matt would drop a well or a riff for us, and we would pop the uh, Cyclopses real fast and then try and sword anything that somehow didn't get killed by the tornado, and then pray to God that I got my super back before the next wave. <laughs> Um, Unlike you heathens over there on the left plate, hanging out alone, me and Phil were 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 running double solar. We were running well in bottom tree hammers, and we made it happen. It was so bad. Um, <laughs> it, it was a hilariously bad experience. Um, then you know, you, of course, we found we go down to the first secret chest. You, you get a secret chest, a non-encounter chest, right after you open up the vaults. Um, that's likely to keep people from cheesing it every week. Yeah. You're like, oh, I'm going to walk in and go get a web roll every week. Like, fuck, no, you're not. You're going to go open up that chest, and you're going to get something you've gotten before. Yep. Go go try the oracles. Go try the oracles. Uh, you know, we went along the path, found the first pad for the Myth Class Catalyst, which can't wait to do that quest. Uh, oracles, or excuse me, Confluxes. Confluxes, baby. Uh, largely the same as Destiny 1. Just yep. the addition of champions and chickens now, instead of minotaurs everywhere. Champions and chickens, baby. Dude, <laughs> I'm not kidding when I say, like, that it wasn't that bad when we did up uh last night when we got our second clear yeah it's still a little hairy at times especially during that third wave again stasis i urge you stasis in a well um really helps clear everything out but that encounter used to be so easy i used to sit there in the spawn cave over on plate number three over on right side <laughs> i used to just go sit in the spawn and wait for them with an auto rifle i just stand there with atheon's epilogue and just gun into the cave <laughs> uh, or Suros or something. It was fantastic. Uh, oracles. Oracles, is, this is the most controversial change, uh, is how they've handled the Oracles, not just here, but later on in the Atheon fight. We'll, we'll get into Oracles again. But you now have to hit them in order instead of just hitting them as they light up. It used to be, oh, round one, you got one Oracle to hit, then a wave of enemies. Wave two, you got two Oracles to hit, wave of enemies, and so on and so forth until you've done seven waves. Yeah. There are five waves of oracles now, and you do have enemies coming out. They're not numerous, but you have to hit all these in order. So your communication needs to be top, 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 top tier. Um, I personally, and God, I'm going to sound like such an asshole for saying this. I really like this change. Yeah. Encounter goes so much quicker than it used to. Um, it I mean, doesn't take as long, and it falls in line with the challenge of Destiny 2 raids. We got it very quickly. Even, yeah. you know, we got it very quickly on Saturday. Um you know, we kind of just assigned one person to cover snipers. And we still do that on, like, the snipers. Thank God they'll one-bang you, not on contest mode. Uh, yeah. They likely will on master mode. 
but for right now it works we got a system down i don't mind that encounter it's really quick that's yeah. qu quick and easy loot those first two encounters the templars were saturday's attempt fell apart yep this is where a lot of really good teams fell apart and it's because it's just such a brutally difficult encounter if you do it the way you're supposed to and you keep blocking his teleport um that makes it very challenging if you don't block his teleport it arguably makes it more challenging though because now yep. you've got puddles of shit everywhere and you have to try and hit oracles yep. um, so do you want to do that or do you want to fight a literal army of void shielded minotaurs so bad <laughs> so bad even without contest mode like it still gets so hairy i was dying inside the well tonight when i was popping it it was it was bad news bad news bears all around um I do not envy the person who has to run around with the relic. Whoever gets selected for that position, Godspeed, my friend. Um, even though you only have to run around a little bit in there, it's still so bad. you got to figure out where he's going to, cut across the arena, get to it, stand there, hope the Minotaurs don't get you. Yep. So you want to have the shit in the back. And you can challenge most of the ads, but you have to worry about running in, into one of the shit puddles and having yeah. to go cleanse yourself. And that, that's yeah. the biggest deal is, that, that's the other controversial change, is the relic no longer heals you in uh, the Templar encounter. That has been a source of many, many, many irate raiders. Many Destiny 1 veterans are still complaining about that today now, almost a week after it launched. I understand it. Uh, I was very upset about it on Saturday. I still maintain, had we had it on Saturday, we had that completion. Yeah. We had the completion of at least that. That and the Gorgon Maze we likely had done. I don't know if we can, I don't know if we finished Gatekeepers. But uh, <laughs> we fit, We for sure finished that. We definitely don't finish Atheon on Contest Mode. Yeah. Uh, now, as Fallout Plays describes, he's a big metal punching bag. Yep. Which he is. I mean, dude, that guy... So, uh, I want to tell you about the LFG I had today, John. Lay it down. Uh, I went in to go farm some farm some spoils, you know, like like I do. Uh, I, man, I, I, want, I want some more rolls of that new rocket launcher. So, went in, started doing that. I want to save some spoils for, you know, prey deaths, get a good, couple good prey death rolls, get some, get some good, uh, get some good slug shoddy rolls, you know, the, the, the works. And then start saving up for Witch Queen, baby. But, this group was absolutely insistent we did not need a divinity to make the slug shoddy strat work because they had one guy who had breach and clear on his anarchy they do not seem to understand that more is in fact better and it showed i was like okay i will take off my divinity i will put on slug shoddies i'd like for the record to show that i should never ever be beating you in dps I am not running breach and clear. I do not have auto loading horrible shotties, and yet somehow I'm beating you. Oh, and I'm the guy dropping the well. <laughs> so, that's right. I ran warlock tonight in a raid, and I did not entirely hate it. Shocking. Shocking. Absolutely shocking. More, more, more at more at midnight. But it is just strats like that. We saw this with the Tanix fight. It only works if everybody's playing their part. If you have people that do not have Anarchy, that's fine. You can still get through this encounter. They have to have a really powerful super or really good rolls on their shotties and on their heavy. Yeah. For us to all or make it through. Or at least snipers. Horrible snipers would work. Yeah. I had a I, I had a hunter in the group who uh, she did not have Celestial Nighthawk. She uh, did not know what to run. So you, first off, that's that's a bad sign. You you should never be in a raid and not know what you're running. Yeah. Uh, decided to run stasis. Did not have um, lasting Sorry. impression rockets. 
wanted to run Xenophage, did not want to run slug, slug Shotties. Um, and it's just, it's the absolute worst thing that I've ever encountered. It, it was bad. It took us uh, about an hour and a half to do four runs of the Templar uh, between yeah. swapping characters and everything else. It was, at that point, it's not a farm. You pointed out it would be quicker for me just to go run the whole raid. Yeah, <laughs> at um, that point. It was, it was, it was real bad. But it, it also made me really thankful for the group that we have, that we had on our day one attempt, and that we've done two clears with now. Yeah. Um, that's a, that, as far as I'm concerned, that's my day one team going forward. Um, but everyone had a role to play in every single encounter, and they all knew what their role was. Um, for instance, in Conflexus, we had two solid teams on the left and on the right. You know, you and Phil, uh, Colonel and Nerd, and then Matt and I took middle on uh, both on plates and there, so we could divert yeah. off to support if we needed to. Um, and that largely works. I mean, like, leave your veterans in the middle who have, you know, done vault a billion and a half times. Um, you know, or at least I've done it several times in D1, you know, who know where all the spawns are coming from, know kind of know the strats, et cetera, et cetera. I like a Templar encounter. I don't think it's bad yeah. now that we know how to do it. I think it's actually a great encounter. Um, I don't mind that the Relic can't cleanse you. It makes you play smarter. Yeah. You can't just be like, oh, uh, I shield bash something, come come cleanse me. Or, oh, I ran up because I needed a melee bounty done. Like, <laughs> get, get that bullshit out of here. My, my only problem with it is that it's inconsistent once you get to Atheon, that now you're cleansing stuff with the shield. Oh, no, no, no. no. Well, so, I, I actually don't have a huge problem with that because my my thing with that becomes it builds on it builds on the mechanic like everything else in these raids do yeah that doesn't bother me i the because i mean so many of us expected the cleanse mechanic anyway so i mean for for new players yeah it's going to throw you off but hey that's part of learning the final boss i mean yeah. look at tanix look at things change in tanix for example operator is yeah. doing something completely different in tanix a little bit so i i don't have a huge problem with that um the gorgon maze largely the exact same thing exact same as you remember it's just as shitty it's a little bit letter, better lit this time i don't have to crank the brightness up on my new tv thank god i don't want the image was of the gorgon maze burned into my oled was, was it a little dark in d1 a little dark in d1 yeah um and i'm notorious for turning up the brightness settings on my uh games so thankfully this one's not nearly as bright secret chest is locked behind three cubes though haven't been able to hit that yet just because the gorgon maze is still yeah, we'll get in there a fucking nightmare. Um, yeah, not worried about it. I'm hitting that chest approximately one time ever. Whoever's not with me, I'm not doing it again. Because um, it's just such a pain to get to. Um, Once we figure out how to DPS those oracles, it'll be no problem. Oh, my God. Um, what's that? Ugh, gatekeepers. So, gatekeepers. Uh, drastically easier than it's meant to be. And I'm sure that a patch for this is coming in the next week or two for I, the bullets. I hope it is. I hope it is. <laughs> so I, I think you can, I think this encounter actually is a lot easier than people give it credit for, frankly. Um, but you have to be willing to swap people out is the problem. Yeah. Um, your relic bearers have to be prepared to be on the move constantly. And that's something that our group a couple nights ago could not grasp when they were trying to run the relic in there before we found out about the Prometheus lens. If you don't know, Prometheus lens absolutely shreds those shields. Or you can go up and use Colony as a slug shotgun. All right, Which, who had uh, Colony or Prometheus lens under day one raid strat being a card? Uh, nobody. Nobody. It wasn't <laughs> even on the card. Um, 
Uh, for once, it was not Telesto. God, that's got to be like the first thing Bungie tests for now. Is mm-hmm. Telesto going to break something? And that's why Telesto didn't work that, because they tested with Telesto, and they're like, we're making sure this shit don't work. <laughs> uh, I guarantee you something with that energy accelerator was probably nuking those shields. Yeah. I guarantee you. Well, and it was making Telesto do, like, four times as much damage, so... I mean, honestly, who wouldn't like the Telesto, the Templar, to death, right? <laughs> uh, I, Gatekeepers, I think, is a perfectly fine encounter. Uh, for those of you who don't know, you have... Uh, Past, past Venus and future Venus, we call them, uh, well, Venus and Mars, respectively. Because um, jungle and desert, whatever you want to call them. Yeah. Um, it's the exact same arena as the boss arena, just a tiny, tiny bit smaller. Um, I think, still think this is just one of the coolest things. And this was in the very first raid of Destiny. Like, they came up with this. This is, yeah. this is, Luke Smith was the architect of the Vault of Glass. It's commonly said. And this is exactly why he got the gig to be the director of Taken King and then ultimately the franchise director. This is yeah. why he got it. Um, you know, say, say say what you want to about Luke, uh, about how he's managed the franchise the last couple of years. Say what you want to about Shadowkeep, which was last real major, well, Beyond Light also, that were kind of under his and uh, Mark Noseworthy's supervision uh, before handing it off to Joe and Justin. But goddamn, Vault of Glass just phenomenal phenomenal work on you know the gatekeepers encounter and then later on atheon and um, see i i didn't realize this during season of dawn when we were doing the corridors of time i thought it was so clever how we had like super future looking vex with their their gold and white paint jobs and then mm-hmm. super old school vex with their weird like round heads and muted colors and i had no idea that came from vault that's crazy that that was six years ago seven years ago yeah it's Man, it's just such it's such a good raid. Uh, yeah. The changes in Atheon, however, um, the changes in Atheon have soured me a little bit on Vault overall for D2. Not enough to like bump it down in my rankings or anything, but um, I get what they were going for here. They definitely wanted to be more of a challenge, but I think they really needed to at one point pick. Do you want to do? the oracles in order or do you want there to be a detain bubble because that detain bubble can fuck an entire run um and i don't i don't think that's right i think it should only detain that person i don't think it should detain everybody around them i understand like the logistics of that don't really work but the fact that that can shut down an entire team and screw them out of a day out of you know their the entire encounter i think is a little bit unforgiving yeah that, um, how did it work in Eater of Worlds? Wouldn't it, like, pick you up and start carrying you away? Yes, which I'm <laughs> glad they didn't do that again, but I do think it, it should work like the Detain in uh, in the Templar encounter. Yeah. Like, it will kill you in 10 seconds if somebody doesn't shoot you out. And you're going to notice that you're not getting that person's damage uh, when you have Times Vengeance. But the fact that you have to have somebody scream, I'm going to be detained and jump away and send the Relic guy to go get them and pray to God they land before they get detained. Yeah. Uh, it, it's 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 just bad all around. The the oracles are bad enough. Um, I mean, I wouldn't have even minded the oracles, but then they inverted them on top of that. It's just I feel like Atheon has too many changes. It's not the Atheon I remember. Yeah. How did it play it, in D one? So in D in D one, you would have oracles. You would have oracles appear, but the oracles would to to my recollection, the oracles would only appear. And please feel free to write in towercastle.gmail.com if I'm if I'm wrong. Yell at me on Twitter or whatever. 
Uh, my recollection, though, from six years ago is that you shot, you went over, you went into Mars or Venus, that's where you're teleported, you picked up the relic, you were basically fighting your way to the portal. And you were shooting the oracles along the way. And when you hit the last oracle, the gate needed to be open, and you ran out straight into Time's Vengeance. You went to DPS Island, and that's where you did it. There was no detain. There was no oracles in order bullshit. Weren't, weren't, weren't the oracles a lot harder to kill, though? I remember the seeing order, clips of people insane, golden gunning. Insanely difficult to kill in D1. So I am happier that they're... Because, I mean, dude, if you if you made them just as hard to kill now with having to do it in order, it would be literally impossible to do for, I yeah. think, at least... Everyone would have to run Xenophage just to do uh, they, they They would have already had to have nerfed it by now. A hotfix yeah. would have had to roll out, like, two days after Worlds first. And that's never good if you have to hotfix your raid that quickly. Yeah. I just um, remember seeing uh, Hunter's Golden Gunning Oracles back yeah. in the day. So. That's not even that's not even an exaggeration. Um, I fortunately, when I got most of my vault clears, I did not have to go, because that's when you could still select who went. Uh, when I did do it during uh, year three, though, I had to go, and that was an experience for me. Um, I much prefer going now, ironically, because I don't shoot oracles. I don't listen to the order because I get really confused. So I just pop the shield for everybody. <laughs> I pop the shield. I clear all the supplicants. I open your portal for Which you. Which I, I, I love because that means that I still get the DPS. Right. So. And that's a th that kind of goes back to my whole thing of, this is something I was talking about with Nerd, and I was really hoping you would be on the next week to talk about it, but it goes back to the philosophy of Destiny 2 raids, if you think about it, that every single person has a role to play. It's yeah. not just like, oh, we've got four people on ad clear, and two people are going to do the mechanics, like in King's Fall. A lot yeah. of that happened in King's Fall. Uh, original Vault of Glass, that happened. Like Everyone has a role to play. Like You've got to take plates. You've got to defend complexes. You've got to shoot the oracles in order. Like Everybody gets number gets assigned to an oracle now. You know, some yeah. One person has to shoot two. Um, what else like gatekeepers everybody's got a role-playing gatekeeper you're uh you're a defender or whatever and you know it's it, it's just it's a whole thing i don't i don't know it's it's not as bad as people like to make it out to be um that's probably my biggest takeaway um i do gatekeepers is going to get harder once you don't have that cheese anymore it's absolutely going to get more difficult yeah and that's okay i mean we have enough tools now like anarchy especially um, you've got enough tools now between that and your stasis suitors, whatever you want, you can chuck, chuck Nova yeah. bombs all day. It's fine. I, Atheon is my biggest gripe by far though. Um, I'm also a little bit bummed that Vex Mythoclast wasn't a quest, especially cause it's not like as of right now, like obviously further testing needs to be done. A lot of people, like, a lot of prominent players do not have it yet. Yep. Um, 19, ru 19 runs of deep stone before I got eyes. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah, I was, I was, uh, well, you and I got it right around the same time, actually. Uh, I think we got it on the same run. You and me got it on the same run. Matt got it the run after. Yeah. That, was um, a, that was a wild raid. I wish I would have had, uh, I wish I would have recorded that because you and I both getting it on the same run. The amount of screaming. Oh my God. <laughs> Dude, uh, like one, of my, one of my great raiding, raiding memories. I was, I was winding down on Deepstone. I'd like to note though, 21 Deepstone clears and I still don't have a fucking commemoration. <laughs> Um, but that that's fine. Friendship, budding friendship of commemoration with, ended. With the raid chest all along. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. Fr friendship, friendship with uh oh god, what's the uh the Vog machine gun? I'm blanking on the name right now. I do this too much. Um, uh, corrective measure. Friendship with corrective measure started, baby. 
because I got that buddy. I got that thing with surplus and thresh. Also, right. I got one with uh, rewind rounds and one for all. So I got you... one with rewind and firefly, uh, mm. which is funny on a void weapon. And it's cool and all, but I do have a beef with this gun because I got four drops of the LMG last night. That's how I feel about Vision. I was so excited <laughs> when Vision was my first drop. I was like, oh my god, yes! I got my one of my three favorite legendaries from Destiny 1 right away. It was the first drop I got in this, in this raid. And I have gotten it six times since. <laughs> I got it out of every single hidden chest on both runs. I am so tired of that. And the boots in vault already. I would love to get the other two pieces of armor at some point. Can That's I right, get the so complete can I get the complete vault of glass armor set on my hunter before I get it? Before I get the seasonal cloak. <laughs> no John no John Snow cloak for you. Uh yeah, the the night is in fact dark and full of terrors. I unfortunately can't experience any of it. It's right, Josh. This is just practice for the master raid. We can get those time lost weapons, baby. I'm so God. in on this. I want to see what Master Mode looks like before I commit to anything right now. I imagine it's Contest Mode plus uh, some additional qualifiers to get through each. God, I'm so, like, I'm so terrified. I'm so... Oh, but baby, I'm ready for it. Oh, my God. Give me give me an adept Vapringer. Are you kidding me? I'll do whatever I have to do for that. Come on. Right. So, so John, I want to so ask you kind of to wrap up. Thoughts? Thoughts on a first-timer? in vault i thought it was awesome you know um i know people who did it originally have their own opinions on what they changed um for me i felt like this kind of nailed that perfect balance of at least in contest mode combat difficulty and mechanics um it, as much as we want to make fun of the people complaining that Deepstone stone crypt was too easy i kind of get where they're coming from where all of the enemies, like, ignore the mechanics you need to to, to fulfill in Deepstone. The enemies are laughably... You could sit there, like, trying to kill yourself in Deepstone. They can sit there and shoot you for a long time mm -hmm. before you die, you know? So I feel like Vogue kind of nailed that not only are you trying to nail you some mechanics and listen for, for Oracle callouts, but you're also worried about supplicants and you're worried about minotaurs and you're worried about phydras and the, the combat difficulty is kind of just as present as the, as the raid mechanics and the loot is good and it's uh you know i think they did a good job bringing it up to d2 it, it's rewarding and in the way that deepstone was too like deepstone don't get me wrong deepstone is pretty easy now um and i feel like this raid is very easy even yeah. without the cheese for um gatekeepers i still think like that that will honestly be more difficult than atheon to me um yeah. to an ex to an extent obviously like the longer atheon goes on the more you gotta like perfectly hit those oracle call outs um it's one of the very few raids where i think everybody has to learn how to do that mm -hmm. uh, has to learn how to read it both out there and in there and uh, your call out system makes all the difference like i see people going l2 r2 and like Shit like that, like, nah, dude, one, two, three, four, five, six. Like, that's yeah. that's that, the absolute easiest that we've learned how to do it. Um, yeah, I'm glad we landed on that. It worked I, I well. am, I am too. It's so much easier. But this this raid, and the loot feels rewarding like it did in Deepstone. Deepstone, I feel like, with the exception of the hand cannon, hilariously, I think all the loot is viable out of that raid. Um, 
you know, Heritage definitely has a place in the meta. Um, I'd make an argument for posterity as well. But we know I'm I, well, you, you, so, No, no, you, you can abs- I, I want to say you can absolutely make a case for it, but I think in the case of the other weapons, you can legitimately make a case that they're among the absolute best of their kind. Seven and I well, I don't even consider fuck the sword. I don't even. I forget about it. What is it called? Bequest. I try to forget about it. I've gotten it a billion times. I I I think we've both said the same thing. Of man, falling guillotine should have been the the deep stone crypt sword instead of bequest. (laughs) You know, because bequest feels so dull and useless in the world of the off. Even the old D or the D two year one class swords. Are better than Bequest. So I, I am really happy that those swords have brought back, been Me brought too. back, and given new relevance. Me too. <laughs> um, because falling guillotine, like it's just had, a, and I mean for hunters, I would argue it still has more yeah. level. Quick Fang is fine for boosting your speed. I don't think Quick Fang is overall a great sword, but I digress. Um, I think bringing this is a perfect example. This Devil's Lair and Fallen Saber are perfect, are perfect ways of how you can bring forth that Destiny One content. And you can still make it challenging. For instance, you know, throwing in the champions on those, like, champions are artificial modifiers. But, I mean, for instance, dropping mechs into the middle of Fallen or into a Devil's Lair makes that actually kind of challenging on higher difficulties. Bring shoulder to shoulder with champions with the tank boss shooting at you. Oh, man, that's such a fun encounter. Dude, you want to talk about saving Private Ryan? That's that's storming Omaha Beach. (laughs) Um, I mean, Fallen Saber is, you know, it's Fallen Saber, right? But Vault is Vault is updated in a way, and again, like I I agree with just about every change they made to it, except I think for Atheon they needed to pick. Did they want to do the Oracles that way, or did they want to do the Detain? But like I didn't even have a problem with the Oracles. I wouldn't have a problem with calling out the Oracles if they were in the exact same order they were. I think flipping them was a bit too much. Um, you know, Bungie you know, likes to fuck around, man. It, it, Bungie does like to fuck around. I think they fucked around just a little bit too much with Atheon. <laughs> and like for us, like we've gone through what you and I have probably done about 30, 30 plus raids together at this point. Yeah. Um, I've done every single raid just about I've ever done. I've done with uh, with Matt. Like we've raided with uh, Nerd Colonel Panic probably. At least I have upwards of 20, 30 times now. Phil was with us for the entire. Yeah, I've, I've done I've done Phil all the stuff you know all the stuff last summer. I've done tons of yep. Leviathan with him. I've done a couple deep stones now and this and it's like for a less coordinated team though who does not know how each other plays, I think that encounter in particular is going to be very rough. I think the Templar is going to still screw with a lot of LFGs that don't know double slug shotty strats uh, or even verbal snipers like. You know what's funny? Um, Divinity that, keeps being a must-have for these bosses. Divinity. Um, God. When I ran with that PC group, it, about uh, half the team hadn't done it yet, and mm-hmm. uh, the other half hadn't played together in a while. Honestly, the Oracle encounter pre-Templar took the longest. Really? Yeah. So that's you're not the only person I've heard say that. I've heard a lot for, of people for say uncoordinated that. teams of not friends. I feel like that's gonna. And that just blows my mind. I don't understand that. Yeah. No, we spent we spent as much time on that encounter as we did with every other part of the raid. That is just man. I don't know. I don't know what to say. <laughs> But hey, shout out to our raid one, our day one raid team, because man, what an excellent group of dudes, and uh, you know, we got there. 
yeah, it was uh, it was absolutely fantastic. Um, if only our only hunter had been pulling his weight a little more, you know, we probably would have got there on Sunday. But <laughs> uh, for audio listeners, listeners, he uh, he just flipped me off on camera. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, y'all keep talking all this shit. I'll start. I'll start leaving my fun toys at home. Uh, <laughs> But that that is going to do it for for our vault talk. We do have a little bit of a little corner to get to really quickly. Um, this oh, episode is actually coming in shorter than I thought it was going to. Um, we've got two pieces from uh, Beneath the Endless Night. Uh, it's the seasonal lore book. We don't usually read the seasonal lore. Uh, we definitely didn't read it last season. We really didn't read much of uh, Season of the Hunts either. But I think the pieces they're giving us in this book are so important to understand the motivations of some characters. We don't really get fleshed out too often. Yeah. Um, I think it's really critical and I think it's going to be really important for understanding the story farther on. Um, you're going to, you're going to see some seeds that are going to be planted in these chapters that kind of give you, give us a hint to, I mean, where this is all inevitably going. John, John and I will talk about that at the end here, but this first one is called gifts from the shore. Uh, through the metal, though the metal crate they were wearing carry likely, weighed more than they did two elixir gave saint 14 a wide berth on their way to the elixir quarter you see how they distrust saint grumbled amanda holiday scanned the crate into her data pad the unexpected shipment of emergency supplies from the tangled shore nearly offloaded don't be such a sour push she said lightly mixing with new folks good for the soul i mix objected saint but the fallen they do not enjoy my company and i feel the same for them maybe that's why i cora picked you for this amanda said Though Saint was fully helmeted, she could swear he rolled his eyes. Two more Elixni came bearing another crate. One noticed Saint too late and stumbled, dropping the crate. Its security locks popped as it crashed to the ground. A young Elixni, wearing House of Light colors and a bright orange and blue Vanguard lanyard, scampered over in distress. Saint sighed. It's fine, he said to the Elixni. Spider probably sends more surplus from the old House of Dusk. Knowing you carry supplies from our enemies is a great joke to him. He dragged the crate out of the walkway with one hand and knelt to repair the locks. As Amanda scanned the damaged crate, the young Elixni came closer. He eyed Saint warily and then held up a sheaf of paper like a shield. Manifest, he said haltingly. Thank you, Amanda said with unforced brightness. She tapped her data pad. I've got it digitally. You got it digitally, echoed the Elixni. He fidgeted for a moment, then proudly held up the badge on his lantern, which Rich read temporary. Amanda smiled. What have you got there? Authorization for unloading of supplies from Tangled Shore, of supplies sent from Spider, he said. He leaned in slowly, looking carefully at Saint and Amanda. My gentleman, he added slyly. Amanda snorted so abruptly that Saint fumbled with a lock, crushing it in his hand. Saint looked up. Can you two not be quiet? Come on now, Amanda, admonished Saint lightly. I don't hear you practicing your elixir, and this fellow is doing his best to bridge the gap. Amanda turned to the elixir. This ain't exactly right, but you speak our language pretty well, she said. Thank you, answered the Elixni, clearly eager for conversation. Do all hunter humans serve spider, Kel? Serve spider, Amanda spat. Spider's nothing but a... And the five-spirited words that followed were replete with hard consonants. The Elixni froze, wary of her tone while not understanding her words. Amanda caught herself and took a breath, which is our way of saying he's a kind and generous individual, she said to the Elixni, who nodded along with her. This lock has been ruined by distraction, Saint said as he rose to his feet. He removed the lid and looked inside, then lifted a loose coil of rubbery tubes, servitor plugs, filters, ether circulators. The Titan made a confused noise. Something wrong, Amanda asked? No, not at all, mumbled Saint as he picked up a small golden cylinder trailing braided sapphire cords. 
This rebreather alone is worth more than my ship. Amanda moved towards Saint and looked for herself. She recognized a few survival items. Condensed prefab ceramic plating, vapor distillers, generator couplings. But amongst the tubes and filters were otherworldly treasures. A nanomesh sphere filled with pink, thick pink liquid. A chrome conduit splitter with entropic plating. A glimmering opal sparkling in a nest of delicate lavender sponges. The hell is Spider playing at, Amanda said to herself. She called out to the Elixni. Are they all like this? Yes, each one is very full, full of delights from our culture, from our home. We are very thanks. He cocked his head and clicked. Thankful? Amanda nodded. Let me see that manifest, she said, taking the papers from the Elixni. He nodded and rejoined the other workers. They will still need many of our resources to stay here, Saint said, as he carefully resealed the crate. This will make things easier. I'm surprised Spider is so generous, even to his own people. Amanda frowned at the manifest. This doesn't make sense, she said. There's a note at the top. Don't know what half this stuff is, but it's got to be good if Spider had it. It's all written by hand, and there aren't values for anything on here. Saint looked at the papers over Amanda's shoulder. The crates came from Spider's storehouse, he said. If he did not send them, who did? Look at this listing, Amanda continued. This item says best osmosis filters hidden in his bottom drawer. This item is just a row of question marks. Here's one listed as a clock thing. This line says noisy cube, smells bad, but everyone likes it. And what's the signature? Amanda squinted at the shape scrawled at the bottom of the form. It's a ship, she guessed, handing the paper to Saint. The Titan turned his head as he looked at the drawing. Aha, he cried, slapping the paper with the back of his hand. Look, it's a bird. Amanda looked again at the uneven charcoal lines and could just make out a wobbly black bird. She let out a long breath and shook her head. Awful artist, she said, but I guess he's an all right guy. And suddenly she was smiling. Uh, this is a really cool piece. Uh, I really like that we're getting a lot of lore telling us about daily Elixni life. Um, not just in the city, but I mean, like in general, like what do they still value from their culture from, you know, from the collapse of their home world? You know, we know that uh, Varys is one of the very last people uh, still alive from that yeah. culture who saw the collapse. Uh, he's, he's one of the few still remaining. Obviously, he's been tortured to no end by people like Skolas and uh, Aramis. And now, you know, he's trying to carry on this culture, but so is Mithrax. Mithrax is very much trying to, even though he's aligned with us. He is, he, Mithrax is the prophesized Kel of Kells. He, he is at this point. Like, he is, he is the one that so many have sought to claim that title of, and he kind of stumbled into it backwards. So to see the Elixni making an effort to learn English is really hilarious to me. Uh, I really like that, that he he calls Amanda and Saint my gentleman. That's pretty great. Um, but I think Josh, the bigger... Oh, go ahead. Josh, you reading that piece just connected uh, another piece, and I don't want to spoil future lore corners, but I just now realized why a certain fallen gets murdered in a different... Uh, in a yeah. different piece, because he, Amanda just told him, oh, that means he's a, what, what was the line Amanda told him? Oh, that means he's a kind gentleman. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and every, everything kind of weaves together this season. Um, we we are going to get to those eventually. <laughs> what I love most here, though, I think, is, aside from all that, like, all that's good fun, is that we're getting Spider drawn back into the plot line because of Crow. And we all knew this was yep. going to happen. But Crow is stealing stuff, and that's going to catch up with him eventually. We're going to have to kill Spider at some point. 
You think so? I imagine he's going to be in a big ass hover chair at some point. <laughs> he's um, going to be in a Tanix fucking uh, giant servitor body. Oh my god, dude! I I swear to God, he's going to be like riding shotgun to Tanix the next time he comes back. <laughs> Him and his fucking brother are both going to be riding around. I'm uh, ready for Taken Tanix. Taken. Oh God, don't give them ideas, Luke Smith. <laughs> I know you're listening, baby. Don't copy that one. Uh, the next one is called uh, Conspirators. This is the one I'm really excited for. Um, we're we're going to hear a few characters speak that we don't normally hear a lot from. Um, they've largely been out of the story, and we've never quite been able to figure out why. But this kind of, this kind of solidifies that for us. So, Arik Jal narrowed his eyes with impatience as Dead Orbit's head of logistics struggled to satisfactory, satisfactorily account for the faction supply caches. The pair had been wandering around the massive hangar for an hour while an enormous ship was being loaded in the background. Jal, Jalal, I guess that's how you pronounce it, had <laughs> seen the celestial disappearances and the encroachment of the Black Fleet as clear signs Dead Orbit's final exodus must soon begin. He had ordered a redoubling of departure preparations, but found the faction's rank and file struggling to keep pace. Jalal had cut off his subordinate's bumbling presentation. This is insufficient. Earth will soon be behind us and Dead Orbit will have to survive on the supplies that we provide. His mild tone and half-lidded gaze underscored the gravity of his words. Supplies that you are in charge of tracking. You do understand that, don't you? A furious blush spread across the administrator's face. He bowed his head and scuttled away as Jal croaked his head and crooked his head in annoyance. Behind him, a raspy voice floated up from the maze of towering crates. Leaving us so soon, Jalal. He turned to find Lakshmi to an ex executor Hideo. The future war cult leader stood formally, hands clasped before her, while the head of New Monarchy browsed the shipping crates with casual interest. This is an impressive collection. I had no idea Dead Orbit was so well-founded. Hideo gestured broadly to the crates. Jalal shrugged. It's a life's work, Hideo. Everything we'll need to reseed the human species elsewhere. You should join us. We're fine where we are, thank you, Lakshmi interjected. As a matter of fact, that's why we've come. Jalal bowed his head and gestured toward the hangar exit. The trio assembled outside. Hideo and I are concerned about the current Vanguard leadership, Lakshmi began carefully. Jalal allowed himself a mirthless chuckle. Yes, I've heard your open editorials. You're becoming quite the demagogue. I never knew you held such strong feelings about the Fallen. It's kind of a nod to how literally none of this has ever come up before. Yeah. If it's incitement to speak the truth, then so be it, Lakshmi fired back sharper than intended. The Fallen have been a useful catalyst, but that doesn't mean we are wrong. Perhaps not about the Vanguard, Jalal replied. But the cult is hemorrhaging members, and I doubt it's your best and brightest remaining. Those who wish to leave are free to do so, Lakshmi said with a pointed glare towards the dead orbit ship. We'll be stronger without them. Zavala and Ikora have been ineffective since the speaker died, Hideo cut in. The disappearance of the planets caught them unprepared. They're allowing guardians to use darkness, and now they've cut a deal with the Cabal? It's just too much. We must have leadership whose point of view is more closely aligned to that of the people, Lakshmi said. What do you propose exactly? Jalal stopped the trio at the corner of a broad thought fair, thoroughfare where the rumble of cargo movers master conversation. Saladin was our first choice, Hideo added with an ill-concealed smirk, but he's not as cutthroat as he seems. It appears the Iron Lord has a soft spot for Commander Zavala. Lakshmi gave Hideo a look though he, as though he had revealed too much. We are now considering Saint-14, she said, pointedly bringing the conversation back to the present. Jalal raised an eyebrow. Who else is committed to your little coup? We have somebody in a position of influence. 
Someone who can ensure an orderly transfer of power, Lakshmi answered. That person would have to be very clever indeed, Jalal said gravely. For your sake, Ikora Ray is not a target to miss. The moment stretched as Jalal measured the situation. He had long considered what a change of leadership might mean for dead orbit, for the resettlement and survival of the human species, and as always, the allure of personal power, a position of eminence in a dying society, was a constant temptation. Um, God damn. So I just want to say, first off, dead orbit, best faction. We're not committing a space coup okay. with uh, with space Nazis and uh, okay. space Trump. Okay. I just want to say I've been supporting Future War Cult for six and a half years. It was not until like last Tuesday that they showed up to be to. to, to <laughs> it wasn't be... until last Tuesday they got revealed to be space Nazis. Yeah. What How does fuck? that make you feel, God John? Damn it! You, you are a member. You're a member of the space Nazi party. That was supposed to be New Monarchy. That's why everyone hated them, right? Like. Oh yeah, no New Mo- New Monarchy is space Mussolini. <laughs> <laughs> they're not the ones who like to think that they're in first. charge but they're really not they're really just the lackeys uh, it's, would, it, it's bad all around what, what, what Cade would fill it, who would have know? ever thought that space my chemical romance would be the better option here honestly Josh correct me if I'm wrong did Cade not have a special relationship with Lakshmi or whatever her fucking name Oh, I'm sure he I'm sure he did, but um she's not really honoring his memory now, is he? I like to Cade was definitely a space Lothario, okay? You know him and Petra Petra had a little something something going on. Oh, no, no, Sarah, that was that was Shax over there in the Dreaming City laying oh, out. Sh- no, Sh- Shax went for the queen. He's <laughs> let Petra watch. <laughs> Hey, hey, the helmet stayed on, baby, okay? But if I remember correctly, there was some lore that, that tied Cade and in, 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 is it Lakshmi? I'm terrible. I, I imagine so, because in the early days of the game, we had so little Exos. Yeah. I mean, really, we still don't. I mean, we have, who's still alive? Lakshmi? Yeah, Banshee? I mean, I don't and know, Banshee is actually just Clovis, so he Fucking Elsie? Two, two-thirds of them are brave family members, okay? Saint, Saint you know. Anyways, yeah. My point remains: there's not a whole lot of there's not a lot of robot dong going around. Okay, you got to make do with what you got. Yeah, I'm, I I get what they're doing here, and I'm very very curious where this is gonna lead. I've seen... I, I'm surprised they come out and flat out say that Joel straight up calls it a coup. Yeah, which is supposed to be like the dead orbits thing. That's why I always made fun of the dead orbit because they're the wild conspiracy theorists of the bunch yeah they're the conspiracy theorists but at the same time like they so they were the conspiracy theorists in d1 but in d2 like in the lore that we got in faction wars they are preparing for an excess of the human race my long-running theory was that when the city gets destroyed dead orbit is going to be who saves everyone yeah and that we're going to go to space that's when we're going to get you know the hub the 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 helm is going to be up there now. You know, like, of course, I'm amending my original theory. The helm's going to be there. I always envisioned, like, the Leviathan being around, repurposing the Dreadnought, things like that. Have a to be clear, I still think that something like that is happening before we end the Light and Dark Saga. When yeah. we go to the new galaxy... and the we, solar system. We, we've talked about this before. Like, Drifter is likely going to be the one who goes with us. Yeah. That Drifter All and, right, and eventually Elsie Jam it across us. the universe. Let's go. Oh, God. Hey, kids, it's your old pal Drifter here. I heard y'all liked banking boats. Bank those ships. 
You know, it's going to be something ridiculous like that. Um, and I like that they they openly acknowledge that they wanted Saladin. Because this ties back to what we talked about a couple weeks ago. Corey and I read the lore from uh, from one of the new weapons. I believe it was from the new Vanguard uh, breach loader, where Saladin is trying to work up the courage to go talk to Zavala, yeah. and Osiris talks him out of it. Yeah. Osiris basically tells him it would embarrass Zavala. Uh, reading between the lines, it's pretty clear who they're talking about here, who's in a position of influence. Yeah. It's Osiris. There's no way around it, which makes me even more curious. As to even, what... even without his light, Osiris is still the one you don't fuck around with. So <laughs> I, I want I want to pose something to you. I want to pose a theory to you. Before Beyond Light came out, we, we were all talking about the lore, and we had the lore where Osiris was going... He went out, uh, it was between Season of the Worthy and Season of Arrivals. He encountered one of the pyramid ships out there, and uh, Anna encountered the other. Yeah. Anna got the fuck out of there. Osiris, on the other hand, decided to get off the ship and explore. And when he came back, it was noted by Sagira that he was different. And then he goes on this wild goose chase to all the planets that have disappeared, and he goes to the Dreadnought. To Cade's old beachhead that he had us establish. And then that leads him to the moon. And when he goes to the moon, that's when he is saved by Crow because Sagira's been destroyed and this and that. And he's about to be killed by the High Supplicant of Zebul Wrath. What if he has been brainwashed and mind controlled by no. Sabbath <sighs> to influence events in the state? Because you have to think about it. Think about it this way. She's been monitoring us and events in the tower for years now. For years. Thanks to that fucking Ahamkara skull above Shaxx. <laughs> we know for a fact from the Traveler's Chosen lore that she's done that and she's been subtly trying to change people's feelings in the tower. Specifically, she's been after Zavala this entire time. So, who better than to try and sow distrust among the tower and in Zavala, who is Zavala is very clearly the leader of humanity right now. With no speaker, it's Zavala. Zavala, he is the figurehead of the entire human race, despite being an unwoken. He is the figurehead of humanity. He is the leader of what's left. Who better than to have to manipulate and destroy the trust in than Commander Zavala? And if that's working and they have Osiris as an ally, her plan is working. The consensus is failing. It I, was a failed thing long before the speaker's death. It's doubly so now. I'm going to say, I'm going to shut this down for one reason. Osiris is probably the most stubborn fictional character across any medium that I can think of. I do not see Osiris, especially after losing Sagira, um, I, I feel like Osiris is one of those people that were he on the brink of I can survive or I can be corrupted. I'm going to fucking jump. I'm going to fall on my own sword to make sure that doesn't happen. You know, I just don't see Osiris. Not that Sabathun isn't tricky enough to make it work. I don't know. I'm just, I love Osiris. I have so much respect for that old fucking crotchety bastard. So my, my other question is, <laughs> The other thing I want to pose to you, because I mean, Osiris is clearly at the middle of this season's mystery. Yeah. Is what if that wasn't we we I've tossed I've kicked this around before. What if that wasn't actually Osiris that came back? 
Sabathun is the god of trickery. That's her whole thing. Her whole thing is cunning and deceit. That's how she, she practically killed Oryx by doing that. And Zivurath, they've the siblings have been warring for millennia by the time the Traveler came to humanity. Yeah. I mean, oh, she killed Thunders. Oryx, didn't she? And, and I mean, they all killed each other multiple times. Yeah. You know, but she she's the one who she sent uh, Kira into his ascendant realm to try and kill him and everything else. Like she wanted him to take her, and like that's Kira's the whole thing, powering the murder battery and the Dreaming yeah. City and things like that. Like Sabathun's been behind subtly almost everything that's happened since Forsaken, since just before Forsaken. She has been engineering almost everything. She's behind the events of. Forsaken ultimately because she corrupt, you know, takes Riven, Riven. who corrupts Aldrin. She's behind the Scarlet Keep, which she, you know, endorsed Hashladun doing that to draw the Vanguard's attention away from her. And she tried to stop the events of Beyond Light. She tried to stop the events of Beyond Light. She tried to stop us from communing with the pyramids and rivals. And she has now openly declared herself. Her and Zivu Arath are here. They have declared themselves it's a matter of time. The Vanguard, of course, you know, knows like, oh, it's a matter of time. Well, we know what's going to happen in like roughly eight months. So uh, y'all better get preparing and you better give me some better exotics. But all that to be said, I, I think that this is this is going to be one of the more fascinating pages. That I think we're going to keep returning to time and time again this season. There's a line in the sand being drawn between the Vanguard and the other members of the consensus. And then you've got kind of surprisingly dead orbit kind of being like, mm, we're going to sit on the sidelines and see how this plays out. We're going to play both sides of this. Yeah. That's how this reads to me is Jalal, he has his plan. He's leaving no matter who wins this. But he, as he notes, the temptation of power in the city is sometimes too great to refuse. Yeah. And I think that's going to be a theme that keeps coming back this I season. Mean, it's it's it, like King's Landing, right? You know, yeah. like it's, 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 it's really turning into a Game of Thrones situation. I mean, every, every main character that we have is coming back into the fold now. Curiously, with the exception of Shax. Um, and I noted this last, it's kind of deviating away from Lorcorn. It's kind of a general observation. I noted this a week or two ago where uh, I truly think that Shax is the next character that gets recast. Which is going to be so sad because I feel like out of all of their voice, Shax's voice. Shax and, Shax and Zavala are, Shax, Zavala, and I would argue Nathan Fillion are the iconic voices of this franchise. Yeah. And, and, and unlike uh, Nathan and... Um, and um, Lance. Lance, thank you you hear Shax's voice every two seconds in the crucible, you know, like you, he's I, so ingrained. I imagine they would keep that, but Lenny James is very busy. Let's be honest. When they cast him into in destiny, he yeah. had only, he was only guest starring on the walking dead. He hadn't become a full cast member yet. Became a full cast member right around the time destiny launched. Yeah. And since then was a main cast member on that is now a main cast member on the walking dead on fear of the walking dead has, is like running his own show. It's writing for shows, acting in shows and movies. He's a very busy guy. I mean, Lance is busy too, but Lance also, you know, he plays the game. He, he loves the game. In all he's, the, he's he participates it. in all the fan yeah. bullshit. Like he loves it so much. And I'm glad they finally embraced that. And we're like, fuck it. If we're going to pay just a couple of voice actors, we're going to, we're going to pay him. Like there's yeah. no tomorrow. <laughs> Destiny was born out of that era where every right. big AAA game needed a, a Hollywood actor in it to, to try well, to Well, when, when they were all cast, you got to remember, they were still on the Activision timeline yeah. budget. Yep. And so they were likely told, you must do this. I mean, Gina, I'm never going to say Gina Torres is bad as Ikora, but no, Gina, she was great. 
Gina's great, but heavily underused. I mean, when's the last time we really got significant dialogue from her? Forsaken? Yeah. We got very little in Shadow Keep. Lore-wise, the warlocks are supposed to be the ones, like, unsolving all these... That's why Osiris, I I feel like, has kind of been pushed into the limelight of, like, we need a... This is what warlocks are supposed to do, right? Right. And it's they like tell hunters you, where to look and where t- titans need to punch. You know, the warlocks. You, you saw to... characters that weren't voiced by these big name actors. I mean, we saw the recast of Anna Bright, you know, yes. from J- Jamie Chung to the new actress that we have. And we saw the focus, the narrative focus, shift to, you know, being told through through Eris, through Drifter, through Crow, Spider, uh, even Anna, you know, for the fragment quests. And yep. uh, whoever, I forget whoever Elsie's voice actress is, but. You know, through all of them, and it's like, oh my god! And then you, know, you have Zavala narrating everything in the tower. Like, he's been the only consistent person we've had season to season. Is Zavala, you know? Right, and I mean, now we're starting. Now we're starting a dialogue from you know Osiris. We're getting it. We're getting it from Osiris. We're getting it from Amanda. So, from Saint, you know, we're get Saladin. We're getting all this banter. Shax is the one main one we haven't really gotten anything from, and I feel like push comes to shove. We are now about to enter year seven of this franchise. You got to give Shaq some plot relevance because you can't expect everybody to read the to read the lore. I mean, even in the taking back of the city in the Red War, as far as the in-game story goes, that if you don't read the lore, Shaq did fuck all. Yeah, which he is weird nothing. because if you have read the lore, Shaq has done so much. It's Shaq. Like, yeah, for, for I mean, the be- from the building of the of the first city to everything with the warlords and the right. iron lords back in the day to the great arm ahamkara hunt you know to shax's importance to guardian everyday life you know like the crucible mm-hmm. is just that that's where guardians are made you know it's his whole mantra of if you can kill a guardian you can kill anything this is where we come to train you know um i feel like shax has so much to add to the game and yeah makes me makes me sad that my favorite titan isn't there yeah, it, and it's it's just getting to the point where they're they're gonna have they're gonna have to do something, uh, unfortunately. But I mean, heck, even Lakshmi has a new voice actor as well, because they even cast celebrity actors for those three roles. And of course, they've never been used in Destiny too. So, uh, but that being said, uh, we're gonna go ahead and wrap up tonight. This has been an extra long episode. We're we're nearing two hours. Still shorter than I thought it was going to be. Thank you so much for joining me tonight. I appreciate it on such short notice. Anytime. John, let the people know where to find you. Uh, they can find me on Twitter and Xbox at A1Johnny with three N's. Three N's, baby. Uh, of course, you can find me, as always, Twitter and Twitch, at Josh underscore fan with two N's. Uh, I meant to say this at the top of the show, uh, if you've made it this far, but uh, Corey is not here this week. He is recording... Pow Block, episode number 250 tonight with Ed. Uh, they are recording at least part of it tonight um, to air in a couple of weeks, unless you were watching the Twitch live stream tonight. Uh, Corey also has not done Expunge or Vault yet, so we wanted to let him sit out until uh, he gets to this. Hopefully we can run him through Vault sometime in the next week. Um, if not, though, Corey's going to come on, and we're going to talk about Vault next week. He'll be back, as always. So until next time... Take it easy, stay safe out there, and we'll see you, Starside Guardians. Thank you so much. Later.